0: One of the things that's important to understand in Buddhism is that the Buddha was not a Buddhist, just like Christ wasn't a Christian. We have all these teachings, all this paraphernalia, that helps us to become fully enlightened. The Buddha had none of it. He didn't have sutra books to study. He was out in the jungles living by himself, working on himself very diligently. He came to the point where his enlightenment was so powerful, we're still studying it 2,500 years later. He didn't intend to set up a religion That was not part of his scheme. All he wanted to do was point at the truth of the way things operate. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that became very obvious to him as he broke away from the Hindu tradition was that there's a grand difference between religion and spirituality. In religion, there's a lot of dogma, a lot of what you must believe. In spirituality, that doesn't exist. I'm going to reread something I read last week. And when I read it last week, I focused on the issue of phenomenon, which was mentioned in the reading. I'm going to read it if I can find it. Oh. Yun... Oi... <gülüyor> they have to wing it. (laughs) It was an issue of Buddhists don't believe in original sin. There's no idea like that in the Buddhist teachings. Mm? Something happened with Tony this week that put a whole new slant on that teachings. The Buddhists don't believe in the idea of original sin as connected to Adam and Eve, but Tony brought up the idea of what's his original sin. It made me think of a story of something happened with one of my clients that I see at home. When he was a kid coming home from school, as we was passing the apartment another a bit older kid came out and said would you come here and help me with something? And he got Michael to go up on the roof with him and he took Michael's shoes and he took Michael's money and Michael had to walk home in his bare feet. And he's getting home and he sees his mother. And what he wants to do is run into his mother's arms and have her hold him. But he knew this lady is nuts. So he came up with some big story about why he's home late. That was his original sin. And it still troubles him now, 40 years later, because that was when he found that he could get away with a lie. What he wanted was to fall into his mother's arms. He knew it couldn't happen because she's so crazy, if he told her the truth, her husband the doctor would have to come home and sedate her. So he made up this whole story and he realized he could do that a lot, he could get away with it. He was skilled. That was his original sin. That should cause you to look at what's your original sin. Mm -hmm. It isn't that you're guilty of something that Adam and Eve did a long time ago. The original sin is somewhere in your history. When we get completely naked and stand perfectly still, there's an absence of fear and no thought of free will. Our heart is unashamedly exposed and time does not exist, but the perverted twist arises when we stubbornly resist. This is not condemnation, just a careful observation of the splitting apart of the natural unification. Your original existed before the sexually transmitted event that initiated the small mind to develop with a very curious bent. There's no reason to panic or search for a magical way out. Just easy does it. And you'll see what it's all about. There's an original sin not connected to Adam and Eve. It's the original one of your creation, upsetting the life of ease. None of us are guilty of Adam and Eve's STD. Our true nature is undefiled. That's so easy to see. The sin implies something isn't natural. It's called the basic twist. And you're free to maintain that sin if you want to persist. But remember, it's folly because its demise is built therein. Let go of your creation. There is no original sin. This is something Duncan wrote me a long time ago you do not need to leave your room remain sitting at your table and listen do not even listen, simply wait do not even wait be quiet, still and solitary the world will freely offer itself to you to be unmasked, it has no choice It will roll in ecstasy at your feet." This is by Franz Kafka. Who knew he was a Zen poet? When you sit and practice this stuff called Zen, There's two schools, there's Rinzai and there's Soto. And if you had to give a definition to each one of them, Rinzai is the warrior and Soto is the farmer. One of the things farmers learn is to be patient. They've got to take this little seed and put it in the ground and they're not going to get a return on that. And six months. They have to be patient. Mm-hmm. And they don't know if there's going to be enough rain, if the soil's going to feed that little seed, if there's going to be enough sunshine. So you learn a lot of patience. And if you want to put that into a few words, it's easy does it. Don't, you can't go out there and yell at the cabbage to grow faster. Stupid cabbage you're growing so slowly. Hmm? Which makes me think of a story Thich Nhat Hanh used to tell a lot. This is like this because that is like that. If you've ever been upstate in farm country, you'll notice that the corn closest to the road is smaller than the corn that grows further away from the road because the corn next to the road gets all the CO2 from the cars, and it stunts its growths. This is like this because that is like that. This corn is stunted because that gas is present. That condition exists with everything. This is like this because that is like that. I started this off with your original sin. You are like you are, that is like that, because of that which happened prior. You're going to find that operating in everything you do. Mm When I read that thing that I can't find, we emphasized the issue of phenomenon. And they talked about supra phenomenon Phenomenon is all this stuff we're dealing with. Mm. My partner isn't treating me right. My boss is being unfair. They sold me a lousy car with terrible tires. All this is phenomenon. All phenomenon is empty. But it's pointing at the super phenomenon. I don't like that phrase. It's too... Holy. Little mind is pointing at big mind. Phenomenon is pointing at super phenomenon. Every action has in it the roots of enlightenment. Everything. Every action, all phenomenon has in it the roots of enlightenment. It's your mind that creates the separation. Let's go back to the poem. When we get completely naked and stand perfectly still, we're not talking about clothing. When we get naked, it means free of all the concepts we're carrying around that we think are so precious. When we get completely naked and stand perfectly still, still means the mind. There's an absence of fear and no thought of free will. In that state, beyond phenomenon, there's no fear and there's no time. Our heart is unashamedly exposed and time does not exist. In that realm, there's no time. Hmm? Time is a man-made concept, but the perverted twist arises when we stubbornly resist. Hmm? Change is not the problem, it's the resistance to change that's the problem. We are constantly in a state of flux. You should all go flux yourself. (laughs) This is not condemnation, just a careful observation (coughs) of the splitting apart of the natural unification. Everything is interconnected. Nothing exists in and of itself. Mm? We're all products of a sexually transmitted event. We didn't create ourselves. Mm. Our original face existed before the sexually transmitted event that initiated the small vine to develop with a curious bent. Small mind, big mind. Big mind is another way of talking about the supra-phenomenon. Big mind is another way of talking about the absolute. Big mind is another way of talking about the workings of the Holy Spirit. That which is undefiled. The defilement is always created by the small mind. There's no reason to panic or search for a magical way out. Just easy does it. And you'll see what it's all about. If you go to AA, they have these little signs all over the place. One of them is, easy does it. And then there's always the one who corrupts it. Easy does it, but do it. No, it's just easy does it. Mm. It's your ego's forcing you to try and work so hard to get enlightenment. And that very action keeps you from Becoming enlightened. A popular Zen saying is the more you pursue it, the further away it goes. Sit still. Let it come to you. You're already in it anyway. There's, a, there's no original sin. Not, there's an original sin not connected to Adam and Eve. It's the original one of your creation, upsetting the life of ease? None of us are guilty of Adam and Eve's STD. Our true nature is undefiled. That's easy to see. The sin implies something isn't natural. Isn't that cute? S-I-N. Something isn't natural. It's called the basic twist. And you're free to maintain that sin if you want to persist. Isn't that intriguing? If you want to pursue and maintain that twist, the universe will help you. Mm -hmm. An alcoholic will find a drink no matter where. You put him out in the desert, and he's going to find a drink or not drug addict, somehow the universe helps. Why would that be? Any addiction has to be taken to its furthest degree in order for us to be willing to let go of it. Hmm? I'd go into the bar and have a drink, chuck it down. Bartender would come back and say, you want another one, Rick? I'd say, man this shit's killing me. You better give me a double. <laughs> I had to drink every single drink and get down to the bottom before I'd go into AA. And AA gave me so much more than sobriety. Gave me the teachings that you don't have to believe anything. And You can have a god of your own understanding. I don't have to buy your god or your god or your god. I can have a god of my own understanding. I could worship a jar of peanut butter. But Remember, it's all folly because its demise is built therein. Ego has its demise within its structure. That's a basic Soto statement. No matter what, it's going to happen. If not this lifetime, next. But ego is going to run itself out. That she either make you very, very happy or put you into a state of panic depends on whether you're listening to the absolute or you're listening to your ego. Let go of your creation. There's no original sin. That's all I have for today, folks. What do you say? Holy shit, what's happening? Party. Going on back there. I cookies and tea. Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: When I come here on Sundays, I feel like I'm cleaning the mirror. Like I'm, I'm listening. Like I'm reflecting myself to do that and then during the work week it gets dirty and dirty so by the time I get here on Sunday mornings it's uh, it's a fun house mirror. I feel so distorted and twisted and then I come here and it's, I clean the mirror.
0: Congratulations. The good news is that eventually you won't have to come here for that to happen. Those situations that take place out there won't smudge or defile your true nature. They will feed your awareness of your true nature. Constantly repeat the fact that everything is there for our enlightenment. I believe it was this one who asked me, can you put any picture, no thank you, on the altar, and I said, sure, you can put Hitler's picture. And it seemed to upset a lot of people. But we could put Hitler's picture there because if we have not learned anything from Hitler we're in very serious trouble. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Everything is there for our enlightenment. You could put Martha Stewart. Look at Martha Stewart.
2: (laughs) References of we speak of original sin, and I know that I like appreciate how you define what's my sin? What is yes. the sin onto myself? Which I got away from my true nature. That's yes. what was happening. Yes. I've heard expressions in original ignorance. Is that something different? Very close.
0: No. We could use the same way. Okay. If I had been around when the Buddha was putting out his teachings, I would have corrected his mistake. He says, The Four Noble Truths are life has suffering, suffering is caused by desire, if you remove desire you end suffering. I would have said Lord Buddha, that's not correct. Life has suffering, suffering is caused by ignorance, if you remove ignorance you remove suffering.
2: So the ignorance is ignoring the original sound to myself.
0: Absolutely. When Buddhists use the term ignorance, they don't talk about academic intuitiveness. Ignorance means ignore, 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 and you end up in a state of ignorance. You're ignoring the undercurrent of what's supporting everything. Mm-hmm. All this phenomenon is just clouds that come and go. What's supporting that is the sky. Are you all sleeping?
1: (laughs) So even though it doesn't seem to be, ignorance isn't natural? Ignorance seems to be very
2: natural.
0: Ignorance is a gimmick that's used to delude ourselves from looking at the truth. Mm. So it isn't natural. What do you say?
1: Well, I'm relating it to sin. I mean, if sin is something not natural, and ignorance is our Buddhist form of sin, then it has to not be natural, theoretically. But ignorance seems natural for some reason. It seems as though ignorance is organic. Is it just because of years of it being there?
0: We start out in an unadulterated natural state. For a variety of reasons, things start happening to change that natural state and we get into this twisted state. That starts to become natural to us. This becomes natural. It's not. That's the natural state. But so many things have happened we got twisted. We find somehow within that there's some discomfort. We know it's not natural. We know it's not right. And we come to a Zen center or wherever and we go through this process of untwisting the twist and it's very difficult this state keeps telling us this is the right way. But something deeper inside prajna paramita is saying no it's not. And we do the work and we eventually return to our natural state. Hmm? So
1: it's habitual or familiar rather
0: than natural. It's habitual would be a good word. It's a habit. That's the unique thing about this center that really, really inspires me a lot. Everybody is in full accord that they have some sort of addiction. I've never heard that at any other Zen center.
1: So really then the habit formed before our parents were born, or formed before we were born.
0: Well, now you're getting to the business of reincarnation. We bring stuff with us from our past life. So when did the twist really begin? How many lifetimes ago?
1: I'm thinking, the poem, you describe no time. Mm. Maybe if we're dealing with mind as something that isn't affected by this illusion called time, then mind has been, always, and always will be. And so big mind. Big mind. And yet, big mind seems to allow or per- permit the habituation of ignorance. So something's up. Something's up beyond being born and being taught. And what is that? Well, that's what I'm
0: asking.
1: (laughs) You're the teacher, not me.
0: That's your true self before it got screwed up. Mm -hmm. Everything, absolutely everything, is there for our enlightenment. Mm
2: talked about original sin and my original sin from whatever lifetime ago, the, 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 the original sin going back however many lifetimes, carries forward in each one mm. that, that I carry forward. Mm. And we often talk about who's keeping score and it's I'm keeping mm. score on myself. So as long as I want there to be karma and original sin, there will be karma and
0: original Absolutely. sin. Absolutely. Which was, I'm thinking of Lynn Omont, where this subject came up. And I said to her, do you believe in karma? She says, oh yes. I said, who is keeping score? She said, I am. She, I said, well then let go. To whom do you have to pay the debt? There's no debt collector except you. Let go of the debt. Karma has been so corrupted, they've simply, people have said, I don't want any of that Judeo-Christian nonsense of reward and punishment. And they've simply taken it and put it on karma, because that's what karma is about, also reward and punishment. You've got good karma and you've got bad karma. There's something, something much more fascinating beyond all that stuff. Hmm. Well, a lot of Buddhists talk about accumulating merit. Mm. Is that really just another way of saying somewhat the same thing? You know, accumulate merit in order to offset
2: whatever this, this negative side is. The, the
0: monk was traveling around and bumped into a teacher and told him about all the no it was a king the king was talking to the buddha about all the good things he's done he's had the teachings printed up he's had monasteries built he supported all the monasteries he saw that and he said to the buddha how much merit merit have i accumulated and the buddha said none That must have been terrible. (laughs) Within the realm of Prajnaparamita, there's no such thing as accumulating merit, divisions of good and bad, right and wrong, should and shouldn't. That's all phenomenon that has no substance. There's a whole other realm where that kind of stuff doesn't take place. You no longer wrestle with the issue of free will. Do I have free will? That's a non-question within the realm of prajnaparamita. Mm -hmm. You sing and dance and play naked in the rain. That's a basic characteristic of prajnaparamita. When we say, gate, gate, paragate, Bodhisvaha that Bodhisvaha is a feminine evocative it's inferring that that realm is a feminine realm it's intriguing that Christianity has devotion to the father and yet it doesn't seem to have much power to it. Buddhism has this concept of Paramita, the feminine, and there seems to be a lot of power to it. Maybe Buddhists are all feminists.
2: It's weird, because
1: the mind that's discussing this right now is already based on, the, on ignorance. So are we dealing with our ignorance with an ignorant mind?
0: I'm not, thank you very much.
1: Well, until we get to that point, we are.
0: (laughs) And and fine, go right ahead.
1: But it brings up an interesting point that if we hate ignorance, we're not going to really do very well with practice. In other words, we're talking about putting Hitler on the altar. He's ignorant. So I'm just like him. Because my mind is based on an ignorant situation, and I'm trying to uncover or stop ignorance through ignorance. So if I hate myself somehow, I'm not going to be going very far.
0: Well, that's why if you do have the good fortune of bumping into a Zen teacher, he'll make you recognize that hatred isn't going to get you anywhere. If hatred were the force that produced enlightenment, everybody would be enlightened because there's so much hatred. Don't get confused that becoming enlightened gives you some exemption from the human condition. Hmm? I was so pleased when I read the article by the Dalai Lama where the first question he was asked is, do you get angry?" He says, of course I do. I'm a human being. What do you do with the anger is the next question. Mm -hmm. You have to give up the business of pointing out there as being the problem. Dean did that recently. Dean recently fully stepped into practicing Zen when we played the song by Len Cohen that says, Did I Ever Love You? Generally the thought is, did did I ever love you? He turned it around and said, did I ever love you? Mm -hmm. I was talking with my son and I was trying to be a little bit slick with him. And I said, Bobby, you know I love you, don't you? He said, yes. And I said, I wanted him to say, love me. I said, who do you love? He says, right now I can't love anybody because I don't love myself. You can't sell from an empty pushcart. Hmm? And why wouldn't you love yourself? At core level, you're thoroughly lovable. Dean was asking the question last time, and what about love? And I took it from the basic position of getting beyond love and hate. First time I heard a Zen teacher say that was Shimano. Says we must get beyond love and hate. Immediately I could understand hate. But what do you mean about getting beyond love? The love that exists within that duality of love and hate isn't real love. Mm-hmm. The love we're talking about that's real, that has substance, that will always be there, exists in the realm of prajnaparamita. It's indestructible. It has no sense of duality. It has no sense of self and other. Mm-hmm. It sees itself in everything. So you have to have to get beyond trying to blame other people for certain things, yes. you know,
2: to point out that, but to turn it back on yourself and to say, oh, this is the problem. you ain't it the problem the,
0: either.
2: Right, can lead to the thing, oh, I have to be different, there's something wrong with me, and I don't think that's
0: that's, That's right. all small mind. All the phenomenon arises from small mind.
1: This is what I mean when I say we're using a mind of ignorance to try to solve the problem of ignorance. We'll so what happens? But this doesn't need to be any choice. <laughs> What's well, the choice we have?
0: Sit still.
1: Mm.
0: Get completely naked and sit still.
1: And we're going to keep slipping into ignorance, or keep reenacting ignorance. Yes. That perfect yes That's perfect practice. Yes, you do. perfect practice. Yes, you do. Right, It's perfect practice.
0: The alcoholic has to drink every single drink. He has to have that very last drink. Every one of the drinks he took, he had to take to get to that point where he's hit bottom.
1: So are you going to explain wisdom's behavior to me or not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why is it allowed this?
0: Of course it's wise. <laughs> I do
2: not get
1: it. <laughs> Couldn't the world be a little nicer? Couldn't I be a little nicer? <laughs> Thank you.
0: And the answer to that is, yes, you can. Mm. The answer to that mm. is, yes, you can. Hand. Mm. Because that's your true nature. And one of the hardest things you're going to find is not getting rid of all these bad things. It's embracing the fact that you're magnificent. When I come home from dialysis and you see me getting out of the car, I'm an absolute disaster. But I always say to you, I'm really amazing. Hmm. I said when I came from home from the hospital, now my best teachings are going to come out. Because you're going to see the ordinary humanness of the teacher. And yet, with that hum- ordinary humanness, is also being demonstrated Prajnaparamita within this broken-down wreck still exists and maybe more so, more evident, is the functioning of the Prajnaparamita. That's when you can stand up and say, just as I am I'm okay. With all my blemishes with all my faults with all these characteristics that you might label perverted, first time I call myself a pervert, <laughs> prajnaparamita is still manifesting. And the closer I get to death, the more you're going to see of that Paramita. <laughs>
1: all the people that I hurt during my course of my life intentionally or unintentionally and all the hurt i brought upon myself intentionally or unintentionally adds up. And Someone could say, oh, well, look at that old man. He's in dialysis because he drank all those drinks and he did all this bad stuff and karma's catching up because he was bad to this one and that one. Or the same thing to me. What's wrong with that way of thinking? It's, or is there something wrong with
0: that? There's nothing wrong with that.
1: So we say, oh, you're getting what you deserve with those dialysis treatments. You should suffer.
0: Oh, I do. But But that's not because of common. is that way of
1: thinking erroneous somehow? Yes. Why?
0: Because wisdom put me on the path where I became an alcoholic.
2: Mm.
0: Somewhere, at some point, well, I know exactly where, on my 12th year, graduated from high school, I had at that point started hanging out with much older guys and they invited me to a graduation party and I had my first drink and I fell in love with it. Here's the answer to all my problems. Whatever's bothering me, all I got to do is take a drink. And I drank so much that night that they put me out on a fire escape. I slept there all night. When I woke up the next morning, the first thing I did was have a drink. I found my beloved. I found that which ended suffering. Only it's a corrupted end of suffering, because it creates more suffering. You're relieved of suffering momentarily. but Then it comes right back and comes back worse because of all the drinking you've done. But there was wisdom that got me to take that first drink, because it carried me through all those years that brought me into AA. And there I found, one, how to get sober. But two, I found two precious things. One, you don't have to believe anything. That applies here as well. If you go into an argument about the teachings, you've forgotten the fact that you don't have to believe anything. If a teaching is put out that you feel, oh, there's something wrong with this, Don't attack it. You won't solve anything. You just won't solve anything. It's stupid, it's very stupid, to come into a Zen Buddhist center and argue with the teachings. It's like going to a geography lesson. The teacher says, Egypt is in Africa. And you argue with him about that. All you're doing is showing your stupidity.
1: My favorite poem that a lot of people know is Thich Han's Please Call Me By My True Names. One of the lines in it is, I am the twelve-year-old girl raped by the sea pirate who throws herself into the ocean, and I am the sea pirate who is raped the young girl whose eyes are not yet capable of seeing and loving. This is his po- one of the lines in his poem. That's what I'm kind of asking here, is mistakes are going to be made, so to speak, quote-unquote mistakes. How do we, we were watching that movie with the three boys supposedly who killed the eight-year-old kids. They mutilated, tortured, killed three eight-year-old boys, these teenage boys, and the parents of these kids are going absolutely crazy, of course. I mean, full-out hatred for these kids who killed their kids and never forgive them, burn in hell, or spit in your grave. How do we? When do we forgive? What well, do we deal with this?
0: The reason we forgive is for our own sake, because that hatred we're clinging to is poison that's eating ourselves up.
1: But you don't just say it's okay for that those you kids to kill my okay, child. Don't say it's okay, but you
0: forgive them. You. You engage in forgiveness for your sake.
1: So this, this is only because we sense or know no separation. We realize that what we're doing to them, we're doing it to ourselves.
0: Absolutely.
1: And not romantically, genuinely. Yes. See, I'm always thinking of Trungpa's description. Uh, to me, Trungpa described original sin in Buddhism, even without saying it, when he talked about the blackout. He says we're in this incredibly open space. There's no ends to it. And we're moving about in this space, dancing freely, dancing freely, and we get more and more excited because this is a boundless space. Because at some point, we get so fast in our dance, we black out. And when we wake up, now we're in the house of ignorance, so to speak. And that's where I see original sin in Buddhism. Everything that we're working at now in Zen practice until a certain point is from the house of ignorance. So I'm working with ignorance to bring an end to ignorance. So you used to call it using the broom of suffering to sweep away suffering.
0: Well, there's a fellow at AA that often says, the mind that created the problem can't fix the problem. I have some uncomfortability with that because there's only one mind.
1: I think for me it works better with this line of things that we're talking about now. I mean it seems separate that You know, those parents are pointing at the kids who killed their kids and how they hate them so. But we've all made the same mistake. We've made mistakes and we've hurt others inadvertently or deliberately. Now it's time to say, what am I going to do with this house of ignorance that I've created, that I'm in? My first reaction is to hate ignorance. This is where my original sin, personally, seems to be. I've somehow become so hateful of my own stupidity (laughs) That I really, there's no place to go with this, except to keep torturing myself endlessly. And that's where my original sin seems to be. If there's a specific event in my family, it's the family event where my father was choking my mother on the cement when I was four years old. We got back from the doctor, I still remember it. And um, they had my cough medicine, my mother was holding it. My mother dropped the cough medicine, it shattered. Bottles were made out of glass back then. And uh, my father started choking her to death on the cement. And I'm watching this. No. A little bit further, I'm watching this, and then later on we go inside, and she's crying in the bedroom, and I'm crying next to her, and I'm trying to comfort her, or surrogate, and I couldn't. I mean,
0: what could I do? And if you'll look carefully, what everything you just put out on Mm. the table, is that you came from a home where chaos was the order of the day.
1: It's not usual to strangle your wife when she drops
0: the cork. Right. Oh. <laughs> That's imprinted on you. Mm. Hence you are a drama queen. You're addicted <laughs> argue to chaos. about that. You're addicted to chaos. You're still getting a perverse pleasure out of that. Mm. You point it at and say it's so terrible, but you perpetuate it. Mm. Now we're getting really down to basics. Now we're getting down to basics.
1: And I wanted to kill him, who hurt my mother. But I also eventually turned that around on myself and said, I'm so impotent here, I'm so helpless here, I want to kill myself for being so weak. And now I've become weak.
0: There's all sorts of phenomena. There's the 10,000 things we can create that we trick ourselves into thinking separates us from prajnaparamita. Just the chaos. The, the chaos still does not separate us from Paramita.
1: I mean, I'm asking these kind of thoughts of what you're calling that chaos. Mm -hmm. Because they're not... Because they're chaotic.
2: They're not natural.
0: There's a sin. Something isn't natural.
2: I was told by a therapist, and my introduction with a therapist one time, I told him everything in the kitchen sink. (laughs) In the following session, he goes, your life's chaos. I said, yeah, but I don't want it anymore. And he goes, Choice because you want to go to the the falls of, of uh, the, 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 the falls of chaos the sea of tranquility where do you make that choice and you can go either way up, up downstream and actually try to follow through with that and, see, and beginning to pursue that and seeing where things I find that may be chaotic and sometimes it's small little things or sometimes it's just so big he's able to see it and, and uh, somebody some spoke
0: with uh, by phone recently and person's a therapist, and she's made uh, such a beautiful statement. She said, therapy's going to take you just so far. That's In the early days when I was with Zen, all the people that were coming were hippies, and yeah? the flower children. As it went along, we got into the 80s and 90s, it was all doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, who started coming because they realized psychiatry takes it just so far. Mm. Trunkpa's students were an awful lot of psychiatrists and psychologists. There's another realm beyond psychiatry, psychology. Mm. And you can only get it by taking it easy, slowing down. You talked about houses the vast open space, and then we start moving so fast that it gets a blackout. Sit still. Let it slow down, and the truth will reveal itself. Not complicated. Could we stop now? (laughs) Take it easy. In the name of God. (laughs) I respectfully remind
1: you life and death are of supreme importance time swiftly passes and opportunity is lost each of us must strive to awaken awaken take heed do not squander your life
0: Sangha, Sangha relationships Become complete. May my Zen center flourish.
2: Thank
1: you. Bow. It's no bowing. Okay, no bowing.
0: We're not gonna do it. I okay. no, don't think we'll be doing it though. So again? No. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the teachings.
2: Thank you for the Thank teaching. You. Thank you.
0: themes to your lecture today. Yeah. Taking it easy, I love that. Right. And he says I, Somebody talked talk to me during the week about that. I'm going to start Fire. doing it now, <laughs> right now. You're <laughs> like the best. <laughs> <laughs> not like, I am. You is the best. Well, you did it for a that's bit. better. you
2: be the best. <laughs> <laughs> his mission statement, <laughs> well that's why I'm here. <laughs> but his mission statement, <laughs>